ambergris is a substance that floats on top of the ocean worth $40,000 a kilogram. Some chunks are worth a million dollars. It is the main ingredient used in Chanel Number no. 5, an obscenely expensive perfume, and is also known as whale vomit. Whale vomit. Ambergris is this kind of whale vomit that for a very long time has been used as a perfume to attract others, even though it comes from a disgusting place. And I bring that up not only because it popped up as a YouTube short for me last Sunday, but also because it is a wonderful concept to look at the figure Jonah through, who at the end of the second chapter of the book of Jonah is vomited out from the whale. And then we hear in the first reading, chapter 3. And so this kind of whale vomit or ambergris that Jonah is, is an effective perfume to the Ninevites because they are a nation in sin, an abomination before God, and 120,000 of them, the whole city converts after the preaching of Jonah. He doesn't preach with any kind of flash, but you can imagine the kind of persuasiveness that he had to simply say, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. He faced a similar plight, but not as great of a magnitude as we face in the United States with the abomination that is the sin of abortion. And so he is a very enviable person within the scriptures, but also a very relatable one. So I want to just talk about how Jonah is relatable, but then point out three things that Jonah does well after he fails to form this kind of ambergris to bring salvation to the nation or the people of Nineveh. First, how is Jonah this relatable figure. Jonah is someone that we know says no to God, and for that, he gets the whale. But he's relatable because he's someone that's already faithful. He has already prophesied that the borders of King Jeroboam will expand within Israel. His own people he has prophesied well for. And the problem is that whenever God wants him to prophesy to the Ninevites, basically bring salvation to them, he says, well, he doesn't say, I'll get to that, but he refuses because the Ninevites are Israel's greatest foe. And so conversion of the Ninevites would perhaps mean destruction or powerlessness for the Israelites. His problem is is not that he has any problem loving his neighbor, it's that he has a big problem loving his enemy. But furthermore, he's relatable because the way in which he says no to God is most commonly the way that we say no to God. He does not break one of the Ten Commandments. He 
refuses a prompting of the Holy Spirit to go to Nineveh. This is a personal thing that God has put on his heart. It's not a universal command. And whenever God puts that on his heart, he doesn't say no. He doesn't say anything. He simply runs away. He goes to the other end of the earth. He goes to Tarsus. This is very often how we refuse God's call, is that God might be commanding of us something very specific, but we don't say no to God. We just kind of act like we never heard it in the first place, and we run, and we run away. So after that, we have to look at what are the three things that Jonah does well to become this kind of ambergris or perfume to the Ninevites. First, whenever Jonah flees to Tarsus, we know he gets on a boat with other Gentiles, and now on the water, there is chaos. And the chaos is because of him. His actions, by refusing this prompting of the Holy Spirit, causes the waters to shake and chaos around him to ensue. The thing that he does well is he empathizes with the sufferings of uh, those who suffer from his actions. So he continues to take ownership. Whenever he recognizes, yes, I did not break the commandments of God, however, all the mariners on this boat are throwing cargo overboard because of me, then Jonah takes some ownership and he empathizes with those that he suffers with. This is a big problem within family life oftentimes. We are following the commandments, sure, but there's some kind of habit, there's some kind of thing that we hold on to and say, yeah, well, I'm not breaking the commandments. Or this is, this is not a sin, so why should I stop? But God has perhaps prompted that person in the family to give that up for the welfare of the family, that it doesn't cause chaos, and that other people don't suffer from it. Jonah does well to recognize that other people suffer from his unwillingness to conform to God's very specific call of what he wants. And for that, he does well. The thing that he does secondly, though, is he throws himself overboard and he suffers the penalty of his sin. This is a big deal as well and something that might cut across our misconception of what happened to Jonah. can maybe think that Jonah was spared, that God sent the whale to spare him and preserve him for three days, kind of put him in time out, and then when he was ready to come out and preach to the Ninevites. But if you read the second chapter of Jonah and look at the church fathers and the Jewish tradition, it's very clear Jonah suffers the penalty of his sin because he dies in the belly of the whale. The whole second chapter of Jonah is him crying out from Sheol, the place of the dead, He suffers and dies in the belly of the whale, and in that way, he is the one prophet that Jesus compares himself to 
because Jesus is the one who dies and remains in the tomb for three days and then resurrects. Jonah also resurrects from the dead. But he has to suffer the penalty of his sin. He suffers death. To take ownership of my sin and to suffer the penalty that comes with it, that kind of ownership uh, relieves chaos around me and makes the waters calm. But the thing that actually causes Jonah to be vomited out, to be ambergrist, to be a kind of perfume to the nations, to where his simple words have real power, is whenever he is in the belly of the whale, praying his prayer from the land of the dead in Sheol, the last words he says are, I will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. He's willing to sacrifice for his enemy. He's willing to sacrifice for those whom he otherwise does not love very much and remains his enemy. And after that, the holy author says he is vomited forth from the whale. And so the new Jonah, Christ, takes the baton from the old Jonah and advances it forward. He is the one who empathizes with us, not in his sin, but in our sin. He is the one who suffers the penalty, not for his sin, but for our sin. And he is the one who offers the sacrifice of his body and blood in the Eucharist, not for, uh, not for his sin, but for our reparation. And so if we desire to be this ambergris, this perfume to the nations, whether God grants success is up to him in reparation for the sin of abortion, what we still must do is take empathy for our sin that we have caused, take ownership and receive the penalty for our sin that we have caused, and then make sacrifices for those who have suffered on behalf of us.